All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free, it's 800-941-SEAN. We'll get to your calls at the bottom of the half hour. Uh, Project Veritas has now struck again, and they have an FDA executive officer on hidden camera revealing future COVID policies um, and literally is saying things like, oh, um, yeah, by the way, the guy's name, the FDA executive director's name is Christopher Cole, says there will be a yearly shot mandate. They just haven't announced it yet. He's on camera telling Project Veritas undercover that the FDA executive officer says that the FDA will approve the COVID shot for infants six months and up, even with the lack of data standard under emergency use is is less so uh, it will be approved, he says, and then goes on to say that it's hard to find pregnant women to take the jab. Not enough studies have been done. Let's listen to it. It's very clear. And you'll hear it yourself. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. Is it going to be formally announced? Yeah, yeah, at some point. I mean, it's going to be, uh, uh, and some of it's been talked about publicly, but it has been talked about on, like, CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anything. Um, but yeah, it'll, 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 you'll have to get uh, an annual. I think um, what's going to happen is um, it's going to be a gradual thing. School's going to mandate it. Why do they need the third one? Well, the same reason um, that you or I would need the third one, to, because the, the vaccine, um, it wanes. Mm-hmm. Um, your ability to fight it, it wanes. So the three will bolster your, your system. And then there will be an annual, um, eventually an annual, just like the flu shot. For the toddlers? Well, for everyone. Okay, so the toddlers, too, then. We'll have to get it Probably. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's in the future. We're not sure. That might involve more uh, more studies. You guys have been in the news a lot the last couple of days. Yeah, we're looking at um, trying to prove... Um, I don't completely agree with their... The process. They're looking at trying to inoculate um, um, kids under five years old. Mm-hmm. between six months and five years old. What do you mean you don't agree with the process? Well, I mean, they, um, they don't have all the, all the tests aren't there. So I agree with the thing that it is important to inoculate them, um, but you can't provide the, um, the parent as much um, assurity as you normally want to. Despite Cole's concerns regarding the possible dangers of vaccinating young children, it seems the FDA is still willing to go through with this approval. It's an EUA for all all um, all age groups, all designations, and then you have to get approved by specific age groups based on the study. Do you think it's really an emergency for the toddlers? Well, they're all uh, improved under an emergency just because it, um, it's not as as impactful as some of the other approvals, emergency approvals, but they're all being approved under that uh, standard. The efficacy data doesn't have to be as high. Mm. The standard is on emergency use authorizations is that it does more benefit than harm. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to, um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. I thought their cases weren't that high for six months to four-year-olds. They're not, but because it's um, related to COVID, it's under that approval process. So how many babies... Did they have to jab, basically, for the trial? 
I don't know. I haven't went through the trial, um, how many people they did. You never, there's always a chance of long, long-term effects, especially with someone younger. It's hard to find, like, pregnant women um, for these studies. And, um, and a significant number in order to be uh, statistically uh, accurate. I haven't tested enough on pregnancy, on, you know, vaccines and everything, and, and women, because they have different, you know, systems than men. And they, they haven't tested enough? Well, they, they have, but they, they haven't done enough prior. Now, they, the Elsa Wind House has been very good at promoting that, but that was an issue for uh, a period of time. Well, I feel like that's still an issue. It is still an issue. It's still, it's still, we have, still haven't gotten there. I, I read, like, a couple articles about it, and everything I saw was that the first two shots weren't effective. There, there has been, uh, yes, it is, has not been as effective as they're expecting. I agree. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you're going to have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. They don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. All right, but Blockbuster, I mean, just, just to really sum it up here, uh, he's now the FDA executive director. Chris Cole is admitting undercover camera that you know, everyone's going to have to get an annual shot. Hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to rile everyone up. Um, Biden, he says, Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. We've already known that part. Um, Cole plans uh, talks about the plans for vaccination of toddlers six months and older. And they're not going to approve emergency authorization for children five years old or less. And uh, he says, I don't don't necessarily agree with this. Uh, It's certainly not based on science because he even admits that there has not been any efficacy. There's not been enough testing done to see if it's safe for children. I mean, how do you possibly go forward with a policy and then lecture everyone on following the science? Um, He talks at length that um, the pharmaceuticals, that there's money incentives for Pfizer and drug companies to promote additional vaccinations. Gee, great. We're we're all guinea pigs then? He said on financial incentive for the pharmaceutical companies, it'll be a recurring fountain of revenue. It might not be that much initially, but it'll be recurring. And if they can, if they can get every person required at an annual, to get an annual vaccine, that's a recurring return of money going right into their company. Now, an FDA official statement is the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. Okay, why do I not believe that? Because he seems to be very authoritative in, in the knowledge of what he's talking about. Anyway, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas. Uh, this might be one of the biggest revelations you've ever gotten and a scary one of that. Thank you, Sean. Yes, uh, the FDA executive officer admitting things here. And the FDA on the record told me that the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA. So the FDA has given us an on-the-record statement indicating to me they're taking this seriously. I spoke to Chris Cole for 30 minutes last night, and in that recording, he said he does, in fact, oversee the approval of the COVID vaccines for emergency approvals. So the FDA 
is throwing this guy under the bus. They hadn't even spoken with him when they gave me this statement. So, Sean, this is a seriously troubling uh, piece of footage from our Food and Drug Administration, and we have a part two coming out this evening. Well, that's not surprising. You have the part two. I'm surprised he spoke to you for a half hour. Can you give us some of the headlines that you'll be putting out later? Yeah, this is a, a transcript of a phone call which will be putting out. Uh, he was saying uh, uh, he was saying that he was speaking. He did not want to be recorded, and that that uh, he made some unfortunate statements, and he he misspoke. And I said, well, what, what, "What do you mean you misspoke?" Well, I didn't know I was being recorded. And I said, "Well, you knew that you were being spoken to, and you're a representative of the FDA. You're an executive officer of the Countermeasure Initiative." You're, and I said to him on the phone call, and you'll hear it here in a minute. I said, you, you, you're saying you're not going to not approve toddler vaccines. You just rubber stamp it. And he was quite embarrassed by being caught, Sean. And, and, um, and I think his statement about everyone needs to get an annual shot, or will be getting an annual shot, and that's Biden's plan, is, is revealing. So I, I think a lot of unanswered questions. And by the way, people say we do misinformation, disinformation. These are not my claims. These are claims from an executive at the FDA. You can see his lips moving in the tape. And um, it's and a very, it, the- listen, sometimes it can be a little grainy, a little hard to watch. You don't, th- this is as clear as day. And we'll show this on Hannity tonight and, and we'll go over all of this and the new developments that you have here. I think the most chilling part, he even admitted he didn't agree with, you know, six month old kids are going to be, they want to give them the shot too. Because that's not following the science, James O'Keefe. We've examined the data for 5 to uh, 11-year-olds. And in terms of the the flu and COVID and kids with COVID-19, the death rate is almost identical. And it's very tiny, especially compared to older adults. The one thing that did remain consistent throughout this pandemic is this impacted disproportionately older people, people that were obese, people with comorbidities, underlying conditions, compromised immune systems. That part has not changed, James. Um, I mean, so there's no science behind doing this to six months old, six month old children. And yet he seemed fine with the fact, well, I disagree with it, but, you know, I I don't quite agree, but that's what they're going to do. And I'm like, I cannot believe it. Yeah, and and you're referring to the quote in the tape um, over the radio that you played, which, quote, there, the FDA, are not going to not approve the emergency use authorization for children five years old or less, toddler vaccines. Now, I asked him on the phone. I, he spoke to me for 35 minutes, this guy, last night, right before I launched the video. And Christopher Cole, I said, what did you mean by that? And uh, he said, I don't recall saying that. So he was giving me the company line. Trying I, don't to, reco- I don't recall saying that. Would you like me to play it for you? Because I can well, play your precisely. own words back to you. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think the FDA, another interesting point is the FDA did not. When I spoke to Chris Cole last night, I asked him for comment. He didn't even know the FDA had given a statement to me. So the FDA is not even telling their own executive that they're reaching out to Project Veritas for comment. Really bad, you know, really big investigation here, Sean. As long as I've known you, I've never had the federal government send me an email with this, with this statement in it. Um, so, so I think we've revealed some things they don't want published. That, that's, of course, the, what journalists are supposed to do. 
Um, and in, in a world where, where where everyone's throwing around terms like misinformation and disinformation, journalism is printing what they don't want printed. Uh, under a hidden camera, we get the FDA executive officer admitting all of these draconian measures that they're not telling we the people uh, that they have planned as it was as it relates to all things COVID. The, the problem now is, and I think what's going to happen here is when we see this. I think that we can make a connection to what's going on with the truckers in Canada and how that movement has now spread worldwide. We're going to have a, a convoy in the U.S. There's one in New Zealand. There's uh, many of them all across Europe that are happening here. But I think when the American people hear a top executive at the FDA, an executive officer at the FDA, literally making these pronouncements very matter-of-factly, not knowing that he's being recorded, which, by the way, was legal in whatever state you did it in, um, as you always follow the law. Um, and then you talk to him, and he says, uh, yeah, I didn't really mean what I said. It just is incredible. And the FDA trying to do a CYA saying, the person does not work on vaccine matters. And in your interview with him, he admits he's works on vaccine matters. So now the government is lying to us at a high level. Well, and I think it's a little bit of semantics because he does work on the emergency authorizations for the vaccine. Okay, that and, excuse me. You know, yeah. that 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 that's saying the same thing because course, then he has to know. But, 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 and our government is lying to us, and they're caught. And 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 uh, I think you know what's extraordinary about the emergency authorizations is, and this is another quote. They're all approved under an emergency. So in other words, all these kids, all these toddler vaccines are approved under an emergency um, just because it's not as impactful as some of the other approvals. Cole said when asked if he thought there was really an emergency for kids. So it's all an emergency. Everything will be automatically approved. They're getting the money, the fountain of revenue. Everything's an emergency. We're automatically approved. We're not going to not approve it is what he says when he does not know that he's being recorded. And then when he knows he's being recorded... He says, I don't recall saying that, and the FDA says he doesn't work on vaccines. So this is really this is really a, a dystopian I mean, nightmare I, here. I mean, you have this so buttoned up that I don't see any way out for them except to admit the truth, well, they which they're never going to do. They banned the, video off, they banned the inter- video off Twitter. It had a million views. That's their way out is to ban information. It's no, still typical. on YouTube. But I would, your audience, you have a very large audience out there, and people need to share this video. They need to... to well, you'll be on TV with us it. tonight, and we'll share the video and the phone call, and we'll spend the appropriate amount of time showing people, because they need to see this, okay? Thank you. Thank you, uh, James O'Keefe, founder, CEO, Project Veritas. Uh, can't wait for tonight's development. That's going to be interesting. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I mean, I, the presser yesterday, or the statement, because it doesn't take many questions, of Biden was a disaster. If Vladimir Putin gets the entire Western world and NATO begging him, pleading with him not to invade Ukraine while he has 150 to 200,000 troops and all the military equipment on the border with Ukraine, uh, that is not negotiating from any position of strength. Now, if, in fact, Joe Biden bought into the smart philosophy of Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan, which is peace through strength, you would demand that Putin, if he wants to have a discussion and he wants conversations and he's looking for a dialogue and he wants concessions on things that are important to him, that the only way you're going to talk to him 
is if he gets those troops out of out, off the border and sends them back to wherever they came from and all the military equipment with them. Now, do I want a war between Russia and Ukraine? No, I do not. Do I think the U.S. should involve itself militarily? Nope. Do I think Joe Biden sending 6,000 troops into Europe is going to make any difference? Nope. Uh, Do I think we should do it? Never. Nope. I don't believe that either. Do I believe that the 8,500 troops that Joe has put on a heightened state of of preparedness is going to make a difference? No, I do not. None of that's going to matter. The only way to hurt Putin, and it's, it's very effective, half of his economy is energy. The only way to keep Putin in check is to not give him waivers like Joey did and in terms of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, but rather you cut off the pipeline, you start mass producing energy like we had energy independence under Donald Trump, you get back to being a net exporter of energy like we had under Donald Trump, and then you start supplying all of our Western European allies with all of their energy needs and and do it at a rate that's lower than what Putin is doing. And by the way, not only will it benefit them, will it lead to more world security, uh, geopolitical security, if you will, but also it'll benefit American workers. It'll reduce the cost of everything we pay for in every store we go to. It'll reduce the price of a gallon of gasoline when we go to fill up our tanks. It'll cost less to heat and cool your homes. But Joe Biden's never going to do that because he is bought and paid for and beholden to the, the radical cult of climate change alarmists. By the way, now get this. You can't even make this up. This is in the Congressional Quarterly State Department website in the New York Times that had it, too. Biden administration has now imposed a vaccine mandate on Americans fleeing Ukraine. Linda, are you listening to this? Yeah. You know, so a reporter asked. Circle back, propagandist Jen Psaki. Why is the administration encouraging Americans who are uh, fleeing through Poland to bring proof of COVID-19 vaccination? As I understand it, Poland does not require that. So is there going to be a shift in messaging for Americans who are trying to get out through Poland? I would check with the State Department on that. Uh, I'm happy to follow up with you on that. That's her way of saying circle back, which she stopped saying because we make fun of her so much. Anyway, for you and your behalf as well. So we checked with the State Department website. We went ourselves and and checked it out. Poland has indicated to the U.S. government that U.S. citizens may now enter Poland through the land border with Ukraine. No advanced approval is required. They're, They're playing nice in the sandbox with the U.S. They're being friendly and helpful and supportive. U.S. citizens must present a valid U.S. passport and proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Travelers are also encouraged to present a negative test result from a PCR or an antigen COVID-19 test, which will facilitate entry into Poland. According to the New York Times, the Polish government requires a negative COVID test to enter the country. There's no mention of any vaccine mandate. They don't have a vaccine mandate. Travelers to Poland, even the New York Times said, can avoid a mandatory quarantine by presenting a negative test, PCR antigen, administered no more than 24 hours before arrival. And the U.S. Embassy notes that on arrival, testing is also available at the Warsaw. Say it, Linda. Warsaw. Say it again. It's at the Warsaw Airport. Warsaw. (laughs) That's how everybody says it, right? Yeah, that's something like that. Children Mm -hmm. under five. Now, it gets worse than that. Biden is warning 
that a Ukrainian invasion will make his inflation crisis even worse. To be clear, if Russia decides that that will have also have consequences here at home, but the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. What the hell is he talking about? We're not getting into a shooting war with Russia. He even said so himself. And he's the idiot that talked about a minor incursion, which I'm sure Putin interpreted as a green light to do whatever the hell he wants. Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But nobody wants to talk about are the Bidens compromised when it comes to Russia and Putin? Nobody wants to discuss Hunter's business dealings with the Russian oligarch, former first lady of Moscow. Just like they don't want to talk about uh, anything bad uh, involving China, especially in light of the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China with no experience. And, of course, the $31 million that the Biden family syndicate that Peter Schweitzer points out in his brand new number one best-selling book. And it's pretty unbelievable. So now we're going to his he creates the inflation crisis through his idiotic, you know, imbecilic, frankly, economic and energy policies. Of course, you're going to pay more for energy if we're begging Russia and OPEC to produce more energy because we stopped producing it at the levels that we were. It's unbelievable. I won't I, I won't send American servicemen to fight in Ukraine. Putin now has all of the leverage. It's very similar in the sense that, you know, remember, it was Joe Biden saying that the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, that we have all the leverage over the Taliban, the Taliban that surrounded the airport because Joe didn't get them out early enough when he had full, complete control of everything. And now we've abandoned Americans, thousands of people with green cards, even military members, families, and of course, our Afghan allies that are being uh you know, killed in broad daylight or just missing in action, never to be seen or heard from again. Great job, Joey. You're doing great. Unbelievable. But of course, the mob, the media, they're so complicit. They don't talk about Americans held hostage that he abandoned. He's even saying, if you got to get out now and we if if war breaks out, we're not going to be able to help you. I'm like, oh, man, whatever happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave? Unreal. Sad times we're living in. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Michael is in North Carolina. What's up, Michael? How are you? Hey, Sean. Long-time listener, big supporter. Thank you, my um, friend. heard you say in the past, pay your taxes, pay your taxes, pay your taxes. Well, I certainly pay my fair share because of the way I was raised. Uh, and also, I'm way too pretty to go to prison, so keep me in check. <laughs> okay, well, I don't, I'll take you at your word on that. Um, listen, I'll tell you why I say it, because they will put you in jail. Well, I, the obvious question to me is why, why is nobody looking at Hunter Biden's tax returns? Nobody's trying to subpoena those. Supposedly there's been an investigation true. going on for two years, and like anything, any Democrat being investigated, it goes on forever and ever and ever, and there's never an arrest, there's never a trial, and there's never a conviction. You explain that to me. Then, then buy one of the books that are out there. It's right there. Just read it. I mean, if if these books are true and he's making all these millions, how do you, without a paper trail, there's got to be a paper trail. How do you wash that kind of money? It's like, what has he got? Marty Bird from the Ozarks as a tax advisor? It's it's bizarre. Listen, I, I will tell you, it, these are frightening times for the country, and that's what makes 
uh, what happens in November even that much more urgent and important. Anyway, appreciate you, my, uh, Michael. Thank you for checking in. Kathy's in the beautiful ocean state of Rhode Island. I lived in Warren, Rhode Island for five years, and my favorite clam chowder is the Black Pearl in Newport. How are you? Glad you called, Kathy. Good. How are you? Thanks. I, uh, I'm just going to pile on to our woes based on a caller that you had last Friday who was a farmer who grew corn. And he said he can't grow his corn due to supply chain issues. He can't get the seeds. He can't get the fertilizer. He can't get the pesticides for his crops. Well, if he can't plant his corn without those supplies, we're going to have a limited gasoline supply. If you have a limited gasoline supply, then the prices are going to go up. So it's not only $100 plus a barrel. There won't even be enough of the material to make make the gasoline. People are are not going to be able to go on vacation. They're not going to... Um, they're gonna. We're gonna end up with in the seventies gas lines due to shortages. Um, Kathy, it, are, let me tell you something. I'm, I would love to appoint you chief economic advisor to the Biden administration because you make more sense than any of these people do. If you want to avoid this predicted recession by somebody like Lauren Summers, who was a top economic advisor to uh, Obama. The way you would do it, the first thing you would do is immediately return to energy independence and be a net exporter of energy. It's good for national security and it's good for our wallets. Um, but they're not going to do that. You know it and I know it. Just in the election in 2018, this affects everybody. And I think that this population is less emotionally compliant than people were in the 70s. I think there's going to be mutiny when you see that you cannot fill up your car, you're limited to 10 gallons of fill, the stations close at 5, because that's what's going to happen if you don't have the supply to put into the stations, which you're not going to if farmers can't get what they need to produce the gas. I, yeah, I, I, as I said, I appoint you the chief economic advisor, <laughs> the secretary of treasury even at this point, because you're 100% right, and it's scary. Look, I, I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. I won't repeat what I... You know, two decades of my life when I worked very, very hard in a very different area of my life. And it's the best experience I've ever had. It keeps me grounded, that and my belief in God. Uh, but for poor people in the middle class in this country, it's crushing them. It's hurting them. You know, it's costing them on average now. We're, we're extrapolating out like 250 bucks in some cases a week or $5,000, as much as $5,000 a year, according to Penn Wharton, in terms of the Biden inflation cost. It's scary. Anyway, Kathy, God bless you. Thank you. Claire in Delaware, we'll, we'll have about a minute and a half. It's all yours. How are you? Hi. I want to uh, challenge you a little bit. Well, I was at first, but now I'm kind of changing my mind. When you said yesterday there was not a two, there was a two-tiered justice system, this is my belief. I was a Republican for many years, many years. I'm 58 now, and I went independent about four years ago. I voted for Donald Trump, and I loved him. So when I speak of Republicans, I'm not speaking about him. No, I'm, I'm a registered conservative for the same reason. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm I'm leaving out Trump, and I'm talking about the mainstays, like Templeton, the Rat, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and these people. We had there's a very weak Republican Party, and that's why I believe there's a lot of problems. You have a Democrat Party that'll run its mouth on lies, and you have a Republican Party that can't open its mouth on truths that are going on out there and injustices. They will not get out and rally their base. And I'll give you an example with what they found out about Biden before the election, what they're finding out about Hillary now, Swalwell with a Chinese spy. 
let's go back to Fast and Furious. Let's go back to, I forget the ambassador, what country he was in when that boondoggle went down. And even Afghanistan. I mean, these are things on the plate the Republican Party could go after and be out constantly the way Claire, humor and let me agree with you. And they won't. Donald Trump gave the Republican Party a backbone and a spine, and he fought. Now, he had to fight really hard. We know based on all the lies and all the misinformation and this collusion story, that was three years of his presidency and put the country through three years of hell. But Republicans are weak, spineless, visionless, and feckless uh, as a group. We need strong, steady leadership. I would change it in the Senate in a heartbeat. I think it might happen. Um, McCarthy is either going to rise to the occasion and rally a victory based on real promises, tangible results, or he should be replaced. So, you know, all of these things are in motion. I'm a registered conservative for the exact same reasons. They all at some point disappoint me. And, and it's frustrating as hell because we you're right. The, the liberal Democrats, socialist Democrats, they stick together like glue. They never deviate. They never, you know, although we are seeing cracks in the armor right now because they, they see that the, they've gone so far left. They're trying to convince us that they weren't for defunding the police. Uh, they're trying to convince us that they're not, they're not socialist. Uh, Beto O'Rourke is trying to convince us that he's, he never said, hell yeah, I'm going to take away your AK-47. And he's pro-Second Amendment. I mean, they're all full of it. Um, but their policies are a disaster, and we need a strong, focused Republican Party with no pale pastels, but bold color differences, as Reagan said. Great call. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on Fox. James O'Keefe, Donald Trump Jr. We'll have truckers from Canada, Adam Carolla, Laura Trump, Scott Brown, and much more. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. Where do you see these Project Veritas tapes and new developments only seen on Hannity tonight. A conversation that he had with this guy that we talked about earlier from the FDA. That's all coming up 9 Eastern. Thanks for being with us. You make the show possible. Back here tomorrow. We'll see you tonight.